Merry Christmas. <clears throat> Let us remember the words of Psalm 118, 22 to 24. The same stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our sight. On this day the Lord has acted. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. <clears throat> A God-revealing light. I'm going to read verses 30 to 32 from the, uh, the Gospel reading, Luke chapter 2, from the message. In Jerusalem at the time, there was a man, Simeon by name, a good man, a man who lived in prayerful expectancy of help for Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see the Messiah of God before he died. Led by the Spirit, he entered the temple. As the parents of the child Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law, Simeon took him into his arms and blessed God. God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. For with mine own eyes I have seen your salvation. It is now out in the open for everyone to see. A God-revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and of glory for your people, Israel. <clears throat> As you are aware, <clears throat> we're part of the body of Christ, the churches that have a schedule of scripture readings that begin each year four Sundays prior to Christmas. The schedule of selections from Scripture to be read during each Sunday service is called a lectionary. We have just completed the first season or, or the first set of Sundays with a particular focus. The readings selected for the season of Advent direct our thoughts to the promises of a Messiah to be born to a virgin, a Savior who, who would restore the Hebrew nation to its rightful place, and also to the promises of Jesus' return to earth to begin his earthly rule as King of kings and Lord of lords in which his kingdom will extend over all of creation. The word Advent was derived from the Latin word for coming or arriving. <clears throat> Starting with the season of Advent, the scripture passages cover all the important events in the life of Christ during his time on earth. For the, during the first six months of the year. The second half of each year sometimes referred to as ordinary time. <clears throat> the reading selections for the long season of ordinary time, ordinary time cover many aspects of our growth and maturity as disciples of Christ. Some consider <clears throat> all Sundays outside of Advent, Christmas, Lent, and Easter is ordinary time. That means the upcoming season of Epiphany is included as part of ordinary time. It's obvious looking back in history when only a, a few elite people were given the opportunity to learn how to read and write that a systematic schedule of public reading of Scripture would be important. 
But why today when most everyone can read and has access not only to the Bible, but to endless volumes of scholarly study and sermons that they can access whenever they choose? Some pastors and teachers believe the most effective way to teach the Bible is to take a single passage of Scripture and focus on that one passage to mine all of the truth it contains. This approach is called expository teaching or preaching. Oftentimes the teacher will select a book of the Bible and work their way from beginning to end. In the churches that follow a lectionary or a systematic schedule of scripture passages that are read during the worship service, Many times the pastor will develop his sermon from the gospel reading or one of the other scripture passages read that day. That is what I often choose to do. Either focusing on a single passage or drawing our attention to the general topic of all the passages read that day. Today and next Sunday we're hanging out in the season of Christmas. I believe one of the most beautiful and helpful benefits of having a lectionary cycle is the additional time that is made available to focus on the birth of Christ and on his death and resurrection. In my church of origin, there were some years when our church seemed to barely address for a single Sunday the birth of Christ and then his death on Easter Sunday. When following the lectionary, you will spend the entire season of Lent focusing upon the upcoming trial and cru crucifixion of Christ and devote an entire week to the events leading up to his death and another entire season <clears throat> on his life among the disciples after the resurrection. It has been my experience <clears throat> that repeating the cycle each year, there are three different annual cycles, A, B, and C. This year we're following year B. That by following these cycles each year, it's really helped me have a more broadly based view of the life of Christ and to approach the study of Scripture from a broader perspective. In today's Gospel reading from the second chapter of Luke, we can see several truths about our spiritual life. First, we see the old man Simeon as being an example of faithfulness. Eugene Peterson chose a long obedience in the same direction as the title for one of his books. I think of men and women like Simeon as being examples to us of a life of consistent service and of a commitment that never wavers, a person who is not tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine as it said in Ephesians chapter 4 that famous passage reading the fourth chapter of Ephesians verses 11 to 16 and he gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, 
by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, <clears throat> we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Another important aspect of Simeon's life is that even decades prior to Pentecost, <clears throat> we see that the Holy Spirit was on Simeon. One of the things the Holy Spirit had imparted to Simeon was a vibrant expectancy that he would not die until he had seen the long promised Messiah of Israel. And being led by the Spirit, Simeon entered the temple just in time to be the one to whom Joseph and Mary presented Jesus for the ritual of purification of Mary and to redeem Jesus as the firstborn son of the family. <clears throat> in Simeon's discourse that we have in Scripture, he refers to Christ as being a God-revealing light to the non-Jewish nations. <clears throat> that is one of the purposes for which Christ came into the world, taking on human flesh. Some also see in the meeting of the infant Jesus with the two senior citizens, Simeon and Anna, a symbol of a meeting of the Old Testament with the New Testament. If you in the reading you heard Simeon tell Mary that a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Mary must have been greatly troubled by these words. I have no doubt they came back to her. She witnessed the horrible persecution and the execution of her son on the cross. The good news of the gospel is that our sorrow is not an end into itself. In John 12, 24, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. <clears throat> Reading from the 16th chapter of John, verses 20 and 22. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrow, sorrowful, but your sorrow will, will turn into joy. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have no sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy from you. And no one will take away your joy from you. <clears throat> That's a promise that we can count on. Let us see in Simeon, the inspiration to trust God to complete that which he has begun in each one of us. <clears throat> and if you hear the accuser whispering in your ear that you've already blown it, you've wasted too much time, and you could never attain 
to a life of consistent faithful service like Simeon, remember the words of C.S. Lewis. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And beyond that, we serve a loving, compassionate God who does restore those things that we have lost or have been taken from us. In Isaiah 40, verse 31, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. In 1 Peter 5.10 After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, <coughs> the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Let us allow the life and light of Christ to continue to reveal God's love and His plan for our lives. May this week be a new beginning, a time of renewal, of great hope and expectancy in God to fulfill His plans in our lives. Amen. <clears throat> Let's stand together and conf confirm our common faith in the creed.